Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And uh, this month we are doing only requests. Uh, Which is our way of saying... We're always sorry, um, but this month we're sorry, but it's also like not our fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So somehow, one of our listeners found and watched a film called "You May Not Kiss the Bride" from 2011, written and directed by Rob Hedden, and I'm trying to see if he has directed anything else i really hope not um because... you know, i'm looking and friday the 13th oh right he's the okay manhattan um so yeah. and he's also done clock stoppers and the condemned and then some tv movies like the colony and alien fury countdown to invasion neither of which i've seen Oh, yeah, he wrote Clock Stoppers. He didn't direct it, thank God. Oh, yeah. So he directed, he's apparently most known for directing Friday the 13th, A Jason Takes Manhattan, considered to be the worst one. <laughs> I mean, that tracks with the experience that I had with this movie. Um, it was, there was just. It was like so much happening and nothing. And then it was all just kind of unraveling at the seams. If there were even seams to begin with. Yeah. It's weird because like, I would say that this film is like better done than the wrong Missy, the movie that we, we couldn't do because it was just so bad, but it still has the same like kind of dead energy. It's like something that is so garish. I feel like garish is the correct word for it. Like it seems like it has a lot of energy because a lot of shenanigans happen and just like absurd over the top situations. And also most of the characters are just cartoon characters, but that actually makes it more dead in the water energy wise, because you're just, you're not connected. You're not grounded in the movie at all. So when all this wacky stuff is happening, you're just like, okay, I don't care because I don't know anyone. And like even the actors in it who are good at acting, um, they're just placed in this ridiculous situation and it's just very hard to make it fly. Yeah. Uh, so this film stars Dave Annable, who's only really popped up on the podcast one other time. And it's, um, he's in, uh, what's your number? He's like, I think he's like the, the guy who's supposed to be perfect to like, just ends up being really judgmental. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he's most known for being on Brothers and Sisters, a show that I didn't watch, and 666 Park Avenue, a show that I did watch, and I don't remember him on it. Now, like, he, he's one of those people that's been on a well-known television show that I am pretty sure cannot act. Yeah, I mean, it was hard, it was hard with him because... And I guess this just applies to everyone, but especially his character, 
like I didn't I didn't think he did a great job but it was also like what even is his character like there's just nothing to work with so it was just this combination of I'm not really feeling this guy's performance but also what is he even performing right like he's a he's a pet p- photographer um which, which is a job that exists and like I'm all about romantic comedies using wacky jobs but it's already it's just everything in this movie is like dialed up to 10 and then you become numb to it it's like he's not only a pet photographer like he's really into it like it to the point where it just seems weird like why is he so into pets i don't know he's into him like they're babies like he just kind of fawns over them like they're babies and, like, I guess that makes him good for his job, but it just made him seem, like, really creepy and kind of, like, sexless. So the fact that he's the star of this is weird. He kind of had an Ann Geddes vibe, but, like, with pets. You know Ann Geddes, the photographer? She no. Did, she, she used to create all these calendars, and it's, like, babies dressed in costumes. And, like, babies as flowers and babies as food and stuff. And some people think it's super cute in this very um, kitschy way. And others are horrified because it it feels a little cannibalistic. That was kind of his vibe with the pets. It was very Ann Geddes. It was a little fetishy. It was a little just, like, I don't know, uh, just kitschy, suburban in a creepy way where you're like, what is the actual purpose of this for you, sir? And I definitely agree. I, I didn't think that he had a sex drive, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it just made it stranger that he's supposed to be the center of all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his assistant is played by Mena Suvari, which is upsetting. I she- was so angry about her character. I hated her character, and I hated that she was her character. Like, she, this is a person who is in Gregor Rocky's Nowhere, Slums of Beverly Hills, American Pie, The Rage Carry 2, American Beauty. Like, I. She was on the podcast, and rumor has it, although she's not like a main, you know. She's in Sugar and Spice, like the, the you know, the, the cold cheerleader movie. I don't. I don't know what happened with her that led to this. It's horrible. And especially since her character, it's like her character is supposed to be like embarrassing and undesirable. And it's just, there's just so many things going on with her character that I can't stand all at once, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Her character is like degrading. She just is so thirsty for this main guy so much. Her thirst is so intense. She just, like, keeps on trying to, like, force her will onto him. She's, like, his assistant, but immediately she's obsessed. And even this, like, Wikipedia description of her is disrespectful. She is Tanya, Brian's psychotic assistant who tries numerous times to have sex with him. And, like, it's so sad because, like, she goes through all this trouble to do this, and then she just ends up fucking Rob Schneider. I mean, truly a cautionary tale. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, her character, it's like from the beginning, she's, you know, the assistant at the pet photography place. And she's like, I think in like the second scene, she's like, why haven't you ever asked me out? And he's just like, oh, I mean, you know, we work together. And then she becomes she comes on more strong and she's like, aren't you attracted to me? And he's like, well, yeah, but like 
And then, of course, you know, she's coming on so strong that you understand why he's not into her because you're like, whoa, she needs to chill. And then it's like the rest of the movie. She's just showing up places that he is and stalking him. And she's constantly wearing cat lingerie. <laughs> like she's so like the pet thing is like really um, a current thread with her. Like she's dressed in animal print, which, you know, isn't super rare for lingerie. But in this context, it has another layer. And she's just stalking him. And she's just like, you want me? Like, how dare you dump me, even though they've never been together? And she's just so cartoony. Like, are there women that have stalked men? Yes. But just this character is not real. (laughs) Like, this is not how it would go down. Like, she's just so over the top. And it's also like... I don't know. Even if she's obsessed with him, I don't believe that this character wouldn't have just gone out and like found someone at a club and had sex with them and then become obsessed with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I don't, uh, Dave Annabel just, uh, his name also, his name in this movie is Brian Lighthouse. Yeah. The fact that his name is Lighthouse is so funny to me. I don't know. I love that. <laughs> I actually love that choice as a last name. <laughs> so there's this uh, like Russian gangster. Who, he's no, Croatian. He's, he's Croatian. Yeah. He's a Croatian gangster and he wants his daughter to, um, to get citizenship. Uh, his daughter, Masha. And he tries to... <laughs> He tries to, like, bribe federal agents, but oh, but right before he does that, he's like, there's this weird, the scene is weird because he's like, I drink espresso, you're having coffee, you're having a latte, and this is the beauty of America, it's about, like, choice of coffee. Yeah, like, he tries to bribe INS, which is basically what existed before ICE. Um, So he's basically just trying to bribe ICE to, like, leave his daughter alone and give her citizenship. And it's so weird because it's like, he, it doesn't work. They're just like, no, you're lucky that we're not reporting you. We're not going to take your money, which, first of all, I don't believe. They would totally take his money. Um, They'd probably take his money and then deport her. You know, like, they would do both. But, um... Then it's like, after that, he's like, well, I guess I should just find someone to marry her so we can get her a green card. And I'm like, why wouldn't he do that in the first place? Like, why wouldn't he just pay someone to marry her? Also, I mean, we'll get to this, but like his daughter is Catherine McPhee. So it's not like she's going to have a hard time finding someone who will marry her for a green card. Like, it's just so there's so many um, plot points from the get that just make no sense. Like, it's just like this doesn't. Okay, I don't believe that this like crime lord isn't going to have connections in the u.s or like somebody who will marry her or make her fake documentation like this is bullshit okay so let's talk about Catherine mcphee for a second and i'm going to try to be um as thoughtful as i am when i say what i'm about to say which is that i feel like ever since american idol she has had this thing where whenever she shows up in any kind of media, it feels like it feels like really, really hard that they're trying to sell that she is the most amazing woman in the world in a way that I've always found really weird and disingenuous about her. Uh, I felt that way. <laughs> 
I felt that way when Smash, the wonderful cult show Smash that so many of us weirdos are still obsessed with, a show that tried to make us think that Catherine McPhee could ever play Marilyn Monroe on Broadway. Like that's like that's something that she could do. And it's this weird thing where like, I don't know if you've ever watched Smash, but it's like her versus like a theater veteran who looks more like Marilyn and is more talented than her. And it's like the whole show is like people bending over backwards to see that she has a chance to play Marilyn Monroe when she's 100% wrong for the part. It's insane. I don't get that. Like, I, I'm going to admit, I never really watched, I, I'm, I know who she is, of course, but I'm not super familiar with, I mean, I didn't ever see her on American Idol. Um, and of the things she's been in, I've seen. She's in the house bunny, but I barely yeah, remember her. I mean, I've seen the house bunny. I've seen, um, see, I'm looking at her, all of her stuff right now. <laughs> peace love and misunderstanding oh yeah that's that's also on our list to cover yeah i've seen that but th- that's actually it those are the only things i've seen her in so i don't have like a super big memory of her like i know her name mostly from american idol and like yeah she's very pretty but it does feel like one of those things that happens in hollywood that we've talked about with other actresses where directors writers casting directors whoever just decides like, okay, she's super hot and we need everyone to know that she's the woman that you're going to fall in love with. And like, we're going to hammer it in so hard that you actually don't want to fall in love with her. Like rather than letting her be herself or like, I don't know who she is. Like, is she interesting? Like, you know, oh, yeah. that's the thing. Like <laughs> at the beginning, like Vinnie Jones, when they're, when they're planning, cause basically he decided, um, Masha's, Masha's dad decides that uh, this pet photographer is gonna marry her, is gonna marry her so that she can get a green card. Um, his assistant, like his like right hand man, Vinnie Jones, which we're gonna get into how it's so weird that Vinnie Jones and so many other people are here. Um, Vinnie Jones is like, oh yes, I think that she's the most beautiful person in the world, and she loves dancing, and he's just like obsessed with her. And then we meet her, and she's just like. Sure, she's pretty and like she's, you know, she's like not like she's charming enough, but it's they really talk her up and then you meet her and she's just like a regular person. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't really bring any energy. Like, that's the thing is like, I don't feel like there's so many actresses that are pretty, but they bring like a lot of charisma and energy. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Um And so with her, it just feels like this very tired thing where it's like, look at this pretty woman. Of course you're going to fall in love. And it's like insulting (laughs) because it's like, well, who is she? What's she like? There's a lot of pretty people. That doesn't mean that someone's interesting. Like, who is she actually? And like, it's degrading to women to just be like, look, she's she's pretty in this very like, um, you know, beauty standard enforced way and therefore that's all that we need and that's all that we care about and it's also just boring yeah it's just very boring because like he meets her and he immediately falls in love with her and it's just it's like and i'm like how are you in love like you don't even know anything about each other like even if she's boring like you don't even know how boring she is and i mean he's boring too don't get me wrong they're both boring (laughs) like 
Yeah, yeah. It's just been so, it's so, it's so strange. And there's also just like, it creates the situation where Menace Savari is like the slutty bad one and Masha is the good one. And it's like, I don't know. She's not any better. She just, everyone's just obsessed with her. So she doesn't have to really try. Like that's a weird virgin horror dichotomy where it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, it's just, it, it's just like, uh, Tanya is, uh, Menu's, uh, name in the movie. Like, it's just like Tanya is desperately needs to just go orgasm. <laughs> like, that's just her whole personality. So, Tanya, of like, course, we find her a little annoying, but like, it's so annoying to be like, this woman is sexually, you know, she knows what she wants, and ew, that's so gross. <laughs> Yeah, it's so strange. It's, they both, I mean, I'm not really impressed by either one. It's, it's just sad that these are, that these are his choices. Like, I feel bad about that. It's sad that these are his choices. And like, I mean, and then I also don't like him. So there's so much going on. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's weird. Like, he's just... I don't know. There's this bit, of course, in the movie where he walks into a bar and he's going to meet Masha for the first time. And then, you know, we see a woman and like her teeth are gross. And, you know, it's like this horror movie moment like, oh, no, what if that's Masha? What if I don't find her attractive? And then like it ends up not being Masha. And then he's so relieved and like full of love when he sees Catherine McPhee. And it just made me hate him so much. (laughs) Like... Like, I get, like, you know, the human reaction of, like, oh, I'm attracted to this person, sure. But, like, the fact that they had to do this whole bit, it made me think of hot, uh, the hottie and the naughty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very hottie and the naughty energy. Uh, so this cast is very strange. It feels like everybody was held at gunpoint to be in this movie except for Catherine McPhee. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Catherine McPhee gets all the, like, she gets all the soft angles. She gets all the, like, there are just scenes where she's just, like, in the water and it's just like, oh, look at her. But everyone else, it seems, like, is miserable. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, both of them just, like, what the movie does to them. Like, they're, like, covered in mud or like getting threatened by her Croatian father <laughs> like okay yes and like why is Vinnie Jones here like Vinnie Jones like isn't the most like famous actor ever but he's been in enough like really good movies by good directors that he shouldn't be here it's weird that he's here Kathy Bates is also here and I do respect that she films all of her scenes in one location and she was probably gone after like an hour or two like she just like went in for a day and of course because she's Kathy Bates she still managed to crush it um you know, fabulous. Love to see her always. But yeah, I was like, why is Kathy Bates here? It is and, and like Vinnie Jones. Of course, he plays a bodyguard named Brick, um, who's as you as you said, Jordan, who is quote in love with Masha, and and when um, well, I guess we should we we should back up. The reason that Masha's dad tries to get um. Dave Annabee, Annabelle, a.k.a. Brian, to marry her is because her mom comes in with their cat to get some pet photography. 
and shit goes awry. <laughs> and like a dog is chasing the cat and it's a whole thing. And so basically the cat, doesn't the cat die? I don't remember what happened. So chaotic. I don't know if the, the cat either died or was injured. So basically Masha's mom's cat was killed or injured during a photography session. And because her father has just realized that he can't bribe INS, he decides to kidnap this random pet photographer and be like, because of the cat, you must marry my daughter. But also you can't have sex with her or fall in love with her because this bodyguard is going to marry her in a year after like her green card marriage has cleared with you. So that's like, that's the setting for all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called, you may not kiss the bride because like everyone's threatening him not to touch her in any kind of way. Like, it's just like, it's just for show. You can't touch her. You can't sleep in the same bed. Don't pull any funny. Like it's constantly being threatened. Everyone is so like protective of this woman's like, honor or something and it's like she's a grown woman i feel weird about everyone doing this well yeah and it's very much like a you know she's from a crime family it's very much like a princess kind of uh mentality you know it's like protect the princess um and it's both like objectifying her and infantilizing her while also privileging her all at the same time um and even though I'm not like super into the character Brian I do feel bad for him because he's in this ridiculous position where he's being threatened by a crime boss and he's supposed to somehow convince people that he's actually marrying her so that her green card works but also you know if he gets near her then like he's threatened with death by the hands of brick so it's like what is he actually supposed to do yeah um like his whole personality is honestly just reacting to the situation like we don't really know anything about him except that his mom is kathy bates she's on house arrest for punching a cop which is the best thing i've heard ever um like there's just like a a throwaway line where he's like you know she's talking about how she's losing her mind in the house which is you know very relatable in quarantine and then he's like well you shouldn't have punched that cop and she's like well i wasn't even speeding and i was like yes i love you kathy (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, okay but the way that kathy is described in this the wikipedia is so wild for this one like she's her description is brian's mother a freak that encourages brian to take masha's virginity i don't know who wrote that because i don't remember her doing that and i also don't believe that masha is a virgin and why and if she is why is this a thing okay well i was gonna say i don't believe that masha's a virgin either but Kathy Bates does pressure him to have sex with her. She's constantly like, why aren't you getting it? And like when he first calls her to tell her that he is forced to marry this woman because of this crime boss, Kathy Bates is just like, so sounds great. You don't know any women. (laughs) So like, which is hilarious and obviously ridiculous. So her character is constantly like, did you finally get it in? So, but I don't believe that Masha's a virgin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you get it in? Like, this yeah, is like, like at one point she's like, they talk on the phone and she's like, ooh, it's, and it's one of the times when uh, Tanya is like stalking him on the honeymoon and she's like shown up in cat lingerie somehow in this honeymoon. Like, um, and he's trying to get her to leave the room and then he's on the phone with his mom and she's like, ooh, it sounds like you're finally getting it. <laughs> Just like, 
<laughs> it's just so chaotic. It really is. It's like super chaotic. Uh, so they end up, so they have to go on this Hawaiian vacation because like, I guess the honeymoon sells it a little bit better. And then as soon as they go, a couple of things happen. Tia Carrera from Wayne's World shows up. And I, this is another situation of, I, do, I wish that you weren't here. The great thing about Tia Carrera, though, is that she is maybe the only person giving a good performance in this movie, and she really doesn't have to. I completely agree. Like, I was so angry that she was there. Like, just because her character, like, she's just given nothing. She's just there to, like, help him and I hate that, um, but I think that she gives a great performance. Like, she really works with the material the best she could. And I also just, like, like her. She has a great presence. Yeah, no, I've always liked her whenever she shows. I kind of, I always wanted her to be a bigger star. So, like, yeah. whenever I see her, I'm just excited. And I feel bad because she gets really objectified in this movie. Like, everybody kind of just, like, slut-shames her. And she hasn't done anything. They're just kind of, like, slut-shaming her because she exists. Like, yeah, they're, I almost, just, they're just like, oh, she's hot, and we don't like her. And it's like, what? It felt very racial. It did <laughs> feel very racial. And, like, I mean, Rob Schneider is, like, doing the thing that he does where he plays like an ethnically ambiguous person who's like a caricature with like a bad accent and it's but funny because he has an accent and it's just like okay dude <laughs> like I don't know yeah. I think it's just like it's okay I'm part Filipino so I can just play all of these really annoying roles <laughs> his his entire style of comedy is so 90s and the fact that he's never had to grow from the 90s is so annoying to me. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I often say that Adam Sandler's biggest weakness is some of his friends. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. is like top of the list there. Yeah. Um, so, so it's one of those kind of like shenanigan, it's like wacky honeymoon. Woo! Yeah, like you know it's like all these things like oh their their flight from their flight to the island they're going to be on is canceled so then rob schneider who's playing a character named ernesto like flies them in a helicopter through a storm but he's like drinking and like bad at flying and they almost die and then they land in mud and and that's just on the way to the honeymoon and then they get there and it's it's just like so <laughs> it's exhausting because it's like so much of the movie is just like ridiculous things happening, but we don't learn really anything else about the characters. Like it would work a lot better if we learned more about what Masha's really like. If we learned more about what Brian's really like, maybe we got even some extra comedy with like her dad, since he's such a cartoon character, but it's just kind of like the, the movie gives us the bare minimum information about these people and the bare minimum character development. And then it's just like, and now they're in a car running away from brick. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, I don't know. Um, So, oh yeah. um, So all of that is happening. Uh, Tia Carrera is trying to like handle everything. Of course, Tanya is there because she had to show up. She couldn't just stay at home and, like, open Tinder. I don't know. Maybe it was 2011 was maybe before Tinder. But I, I don't know. I feel like 
I feel like at least by 2012, I was on Tinder. So maybe this was like a year before it. Yeah, this was around the time that Tinder was like hitting in a big way. Um, but I mean, there's also OkCupid. Okay I was on OkCupid okay in Yeah, I was going to say, there's already OkCupid. Okay there's already all these online dating sites. She could also just go to a bar, you know, like she's Mena Savari. Yeah, she's incredibly <laughs> like young and attractive and all the things. And also like she she's already shown up at their wedding. Like she shows up their wedding and makes a speech that is basically like, I know you love me. Like and of course, um, Masha's dad gets mad because he's like, do you have a girlfriend? You're not supposed to have a girlfriend because that'll ruin the green card marriage. And he's like, no, 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 that's just my crazy assistant. And I'm just like. How is she finding all these places? Like, I mean, I guess this is, you know, the age of the internet, but like, she's just doing the absolute most for her former, I don't know if you, I guess he would be her boss. So she's the assistant. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know. I just don't understand being so thirsty for this character. He's, it's just like very, he just looks like someone from like a soap opera, like somebody who like you're supposed to be attracted to, but is only attractive in a very like abstract way. Like he would look nice on a magazine, <laughs> you know, 13 year old um, would write down what they want their boyfriend to look like. And it would be like him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this guy, I don't know, man, this guy seems like somehow like, something weird and sexless about him. Like, I feel like Pee Wee Herman has more sexual energy. Yeah, he just seemed like he didn't want to have sex. And even when we're supposed to believe that he's, like, really attracted to Catherine McPhee, it doesn't feel sexual to me. Like, it feels like he's just, like, intimidated by her, or he's just like, wow, you're pretty. But it doesn't feel like he's like, let's have sex. It feels very, it feels very high school. It's just like, I must, like get the most beautiful girl in class to notice me, but then it just culminates in, like, a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe he's asexual. Maybe he's gay. Like, he just does not seem into women, or at least these women. Like, he just needs space. Like, I feel bad. I do feel bad for him that he's just forced in these positions. And even when the movie's trying to sell that he's, like, super in love with Catherine McPhee, I don't believe that it's a sexual romantic love. I feel like it's just more of a... Um, you know, he's formed some sort of empathy for her uh, or they're just trauma bonding in this weird situation. Yeah, it would have been good if he, like, had a point of view about what was happening to her. Like, why does everybody treat you like an object? Like, even if, like, he doesn't want to be with her, it could be like, you know, if you're going to be married to me, like, I'm not going to, like, objectify you. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. And I just want you to be okay and have better choices. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, you know, one of the conversations where we're supposed to uh, believe, oh, they're connecting, this is, like, a moment for them is when she reveals that she just wants to start a dance studio and she took dance classes her whole life. And she says she knows she was privileged because her parents paid for her classes and she just wants to pass that on to other kids. And he's like, wow, you know, that's so wonderful and deep. Um, which like, yeah, that's nice. I don't know. It's not like super, I don't, I don't know. It's just funny that he's like, wow, you're amazing. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. She's rich, but um <laughs> we still don't find anything else out about him. Like we just know that he's a pet photographer. And then he has this ongoing joke 
about how like his mom killed his dad. And then it's like all these things about his dad dying, but really his dad's alive and just left. And it's supposed to be a bit, but it just doesn't work because we don't have enough actual information about him to counter it with. So I'm just like, oh, are we actually finding something out about him? Oh, no, no. Yeah, and every single time it's a joke, it's like, why Why do you have this weird sense of humor? Like a guy that, you know, just like tape, that just like takes photos of pets. It's weird that we're supposed to also believe that this is his sense of humor. Because if it is, it just seems like he's going to end up being a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, with the pet photography, I don't know, he could have been more of like a, a Ted from Schitt's Creek, where he's like earnest super into animals and like a little basic but also like very sweet and you know that's his charm but instead it's like this weird combination of like okay he's really into pets but we don't really hear about him talk about animals and then yeah it doesn't seem like he likes animals yeah and then he only has this morbid sense of humor randomly about this one subject and i don't know it's just like very uneven as a, a character portrait um and I mean it's like their honeymoon is chaotic so they have the the conversation they have where she says she wants to open the dance studio you know it's like sunny and they're in this beautiful honeymoon room and there's like a little bit of tension we're supposed to believe and then he's like trying to not get in trouble so he's like I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the other room and then he ends up going down to the bar and that's where he meets Tia Carrere and immediately like again like I love Tia but I, I'm so mad that this was the character she was given it's like she's just immediately like, how are you? What do you need? And, and part of that is because she's playing a waitress. But also she's just like, are you on your honeymoon? Where is she? Do you need help, you know, making your honeymoon special? And he's like, well, yeah, my wife really likes dancing. So then Tia Carrera is like teaching him to dance. And, you know, that's a classic movie moment, right? He's awkwardly fumbling and she's like, you know, just feel the music. Just move your hips. And then, of course, Masha comes down and sees them dancing and it's not even that she's jealous. She's just kind of like, who is this guy that I'm, you know, green card married to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's trying to teach him how to dance and like, I don't know. It's it's weird. I mean, I guess you're not supposed to talk to other women on your honeymoon, but it's also like they don't they barely know each other. <laughs> they barely know each other. And it's also like they're not supposed to have it's such a again, it's an impossible spot. They're not supposed to have sex or get too close or even cuddle. Um, but they're on a honeymoon, you know, but they're supposed to seem married. Like it's like such an awkward way to hang out. So I'm not mad at him for dancing with Tia career. And I don't even think Masha is, I think Masha's just like, what the fuck situation am I in? Yeah, it's wild. I don't know. And also it's just very hard for me. Like the fact that she, I don't know if I feel like they could have gotten like, you know, an actual Croatian American actress too, because I just don't. It's she does not even she doesn't even really make sense for the part, and she, no, she doesn't. It's also weird. Okay, we're supposed to believe she's she hasn't even been in the U.S. a year, and she has no accent, and her dad and mom have accents. Like if it was you know a situation where she has immigrant parents and she was born here, that's what it seems like. But she, she we're supposed to believe that she's fresh in America and she has no accent and that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so shenanigans kind of take over the last, the third act of this movie. The third act of this movie is basically all shenanigans. Yeah, it is. It's like, just like nonstop action. 
and I couldn't keep track of like I think that that's because I just woke up from a nap and I think that the action scenes actually just made me tired I was just like I'm trying to follow this yeah uh, I was trying to follow it too um my TLDR version is you know there's this connection made and then Tia Carrere uh feels bad the next day because she knows that you know pet photography guy got in trouble because they danced so she draws him a map to like this private part of the island and it's like take her there so you know he takes Masha there and they're connecting and then there's like this whole skinny dip thing where she like takes his shorts and he's in the water and it's supposed to be cute and then she's like wandering in the forest like with his shorts like laughing like come find me and then he like makes himself a covering out of leaves and then this is when it jumps the shark so we're supposed to believe that she's somehow like kidnapped really quickly during this time. And then he's, and then we see Brick and Brick is like on the Island now. And then it's just like 45 minutes of like Brick threatening pet photographer guy and being like, you kidnapped her. And pet photographer guy's like, no, I didn't. I'm trying to find her. And it's just like these two guys, um, kidnapped her that we end up finding out at the end that brick hired so that he could get ransom money from masha's father so we just have this weird shenanigan where like tanya like tries to surprise uh brian and tanya and brian end up going with tia carrere and rob schneider is supposed to be aka ernesto is supposed to be tia carrere's cousin they end up like searching the island to find Catherine mcphee and that's like what the last half of the movie is like all of these crazy like phone calls and chase scenes and they're on the island and it's exhausting. And, yeah. and like eventually um, Catherine McPhee frees herself um, from like being tied up and stuff. And she like runs away from the guys who kidnapped her and, and then eventually like pet photographer guys in a car that he stole and she gets in the car, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so then he, you know, he kind of, like, wins the respect of the father, and he's just like, you can actually, you know, you can, ma- you can be married to her for real. And then, of course, he, like, he thinks about, like, everything that's happened, and he's just like, I don't know, man, like, I don't want to be part of this family. I mean, like, she's hot, but, like, is this really worth it? And that's totally understandable to me. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, like, the only time where someone makes a decision in this movie that makes sense to me. Like, I'm, like, yeah, like, he's just, like, you're cool, but, like, you know, your parents are criminals, and they've, like, tried to kill me, and they also, you know, technically kidnapped me at the beginning of the situation, so I'm I'm not trying to be part of that. Um, also, there's, like, a whole thing where they... Um, before Before they intervene, like, meet with her father... Um, they end up going to this other part of the island where there's, like, um, an indigenous group of people who, like, just, like, randomly welcome them, but they don't speak the same language. And then, and the way that that ends is, like, Brick finds them, and that's that's when, like, the whole confrontation happens. Um, and that is, like, cringy because it's, like, this very kind of fetishy, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, everybody's so excited for these white people. Yeah, and we're wearing flowers. And then, I, and then of course, 
they welcome the white people and then immediately white people with guns show up and it's like well there we go <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that's what happens <laughs> when white people show up yeah and so then you know we we go back to quote normal life and that photographer guy has this moment where he like you know, the rom-com moment where he realizes, you know, it doesn't matter that her family, <laughs> it doesn't matter that her family is composed of Croatian drug lords. Like, that's totally fine. So he, he does the thing to get her back, which in this case is flying out all of the indigenous people from the island and Tia Carrere and some younger guy from the island that she finds, which, you know what, I'm happy for her. She finds this younger hot guy. He's into her. She's into him. I, I'm, I'm into it. Um, also, like, Tanya ends up getting with Rob Schneider, and they just become a couple throughout the movie. So, uh, basically, everybody is just, like, outside her balcony. And um, Pat Photographer Guy has, like, left her favorite bottle of wine with, like, a ribbon on it. And he's like, I don't care. He's like, I want to be with you. And she's like, what about my family? And he's like, wait till you meet mine. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, this is, like... This is, like, the whitest thing ever. <laughs> like, what? Wait till you meet mine. I hate your dad kills people? <laughs> My mom's a little wacky. Yeah, like, I mean, his mom just seemed like the normal amount of annoying. Like, she didn't, she didn't seem, like, <laughs> that wild. And it's weird that it's just like, oh, yeah, you're part of a crime family, but wait till you meet my moderately strange family. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's supposed to be cheeky, but it's like, no, her family literally kidnapped you. Like, this is not okay. Also, how did you get all these people here? Like, pet photographers do not make that much money unless they're working for celebrities. Like, what is going on? (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe uh, Masha's dad ended up paying him. I don't, I don't know. He probably paid him hush money. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any, like... (laughs) yeah like i don't know um i guess like i'm trying to think i guess it's the kind of movie where there's like a mob wife and she needs protection a mob person and she needs i don't know watch married to the mob (laughs) yeah i think that's a good option Married to the mob, yeah. That's that's one of my faves. And it also has like a very bland white guy, but like it it works because that's the whole reason why Michelle Pfeiffer is into him, because she knows that he's like basically harmless <laughs> compared to the people that she's worked with. Which I get it, girl. You just want a calm life with, you know, a bland white man. I get it. Have a little bit of coffee and chill out and wear his slippers, you know? Yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna pick up the kids from daycare and stuff, you know, he's reliable. <laughs> exactly like that that makes a lot of sense yeah so definitely, i mean definitely don't watch this movie because it is just like bad <laughs> it yeah is- it's unbearable and then it like you get to see like the stinger is like this it's like menace and rob schneider about to have sex and like no one needs that no there's yeah there's like throughout the movie there's at least 15 minutes that's just gratuitous shots of like them flirting and it's supposed to be funny but it's just 
makes me really sad. <laughs> yeah, and this is not this is not the option for her that I want. No, absolutely not. And it's also like they don't even really write anything into those bits. It's not like they're even trying anything. It's just like the comedy is that they're horny. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> It's inherently funny to want to have sex. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, <God>. I, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, our, our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. Uh, for the rest of the month, we're going to be doing requests. And we also have three amazing guests that are coming. And I can't wait to... We can't wait for them. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And uh, please, like, if you <laughs> have not pledged our Patreon because you for some, because you hate, like, How I Met Your Mother and you don't want to hear about it, we're going to be talking about the OC. So. Yeah, so it'll be fun. And, you know, you also get our In the Smut podcast, which is our erotic side pod. So you get a lot of extra episodes if you become an $8 patron. And you get yeah. to request an episode of this one, which is, you know, what we're doing the next month is patrons requests so you know hop on board the train if you have a few dollars extra a month to um you know contribute also young adult swim um kyle and i have done uh we've done beautiful creatures we've done i am number four and now we're going to do red riding hood with amanda seyfried this month (laughs) So there's a lot, there's a lot of extra episodes that you can unlock and, you know, extra love. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm Jordan Sorrells. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye. Let's dump this drug.